Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Tom Wells here. Today is Monday, January 22nd, 2018. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to your first daily dose of happy for the day. It's 8 a.m. Eastern Time, and uh, we're getting the week off to a great start here. So we're glad that you joined us and are tuning in either during the show or after the fact and and getting your daily dose of happy as well. And, uh, Tom, we got a good topic to get the, the Monday going because Mondays are always associated with being oh, depressed and I can't wait for the, the weekend <laughs> to come and oh my God. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And we, what we're talking about today is loneliness. Oh God. One more reason to feel <laughs> depressed about Monday, but we're going to try to approach it from a different perspective. So that's going to be cool. So how you doing? How's your weekend? It was really great. You know, what's happened here in Colorado, down here in the Denver area, is that we've gotten snow for, sort of in my mind, it's like the first time of this year so far. Uh, <laughs> we've got, before we had like an inch or two inches, and now we got six inches. So Yay. this is, um, this is real, actually, moisture. This is wonderful. <laughs> Denver and Boulder are getting back to normal. What a nice change. That's good. Yeah, yeah, feeling feeling like, oh, good, we're going to have moisture, this is good. Yeah, all right. I know you were kind of a little bit uh, not feeling great about it, so this this has got to boost your, yeah, your emotion level. Yeah, I, I, I always try to psych myself into understanding that my vibration's got to be one of moisture rather than lack of moisture. That's right, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and why would I be worrying about the plants anyway? Well, I don't know, it's just like when I see them stressing out, I, I get concerned. But it's, um, it's a lot for me to learn there about trusting trusting life and trusting the planet to take care of itself. It's like um, the, uh, yeah. the Esther Hicks story, right, where um, she's having a little conversation with Abraham, not on camera, just with herself. And uh, she's looking outside their home in, in Texas and seeing all this you know, dry plant life everywhere, brown, all this mm-hmm. kind of thing, and seeing you know animals that are practically parched for thirst and so forth and feeling so sorry for them and Abraham says to her so you think you can attract water from that position of lack <laughs> yeah, right exactly oops that doesn't yeah, but, work you know, that's a, that's a, it, it takes like something to step into that place of abundance you know in the midst of lack right yeah right in the midst of perceived lack uh, that's what our topic's about today it, it is so why don't you you're, you're the one who came up with the idea why don't you completely do the introduction of it well, first, let me tell you about my win. Um, oh, we didn't do the I win. I'm sorry. <laughs> I forgot about that's that. Okay. No, no, that's okay. Because my win is tied into this topic. Because I, I, you know, I recently quit seeing this one woman I was seeing because I'm in the dating world, and I had been seeing somebody for about three months, and then realized that, you know, there's some things about this relationship that I don't think I could make this work long term, and so. I think I better just, you know, slowly back away from this particular intensity that I had going in that relationship. And once I got to the point where I was open to dating again, um, somebody contacted me immediately, of course, Law of Attraction. Of course. And she says, and she says, looks like you're into Law of Attraction. Let's get together and talk. That's what I'm into. And I thought, oh, perfect. That's exactly what I'm looking for. That's exactly what I didn't have in the previous relationship. And so I said, okay, I want to go out with this lady. Plus, of course... I read her profile and online and everything was fantastic. She was beautiful. Um, you know, everything about her profile was interesting. It looked like it'd be a lot of fun to meet her. She could really be someone I could get along with. So I went and met her at a coffee shop on uh, Saturday and it turned out that yes, it was right. Everything was beautiful. Everything was incredible with her. I thought, wow, this is, this is a real sign mm-hmm. that I am vibrating with 
you know, the vibration of attracting into my life from my vortex the very woman that would be good for me. And if, if she's not to be the one, at least it was to prove to me, it proved to me really beautifully that I'm on the right track in my life. I'm upping my frequency. I'm upping my vibration. I'm relaxing into a vibration of allowing into my life what I want. And so um, afterwards, you know, I said, well, would you like to get together again? And she said, well, maybe we could go for a walk. And I said, well, okay. And she says, but I'm going to be doing a lot of dating because I, I said I just started on the site and I haven't dated for a long time. And I said, well, cool. I understand. I do the same thing. So then I sent her a really nice thank you afterwards. And she sent me back a message on the dating site that said, you know, it was really wonderful being with you. And I just want to let you know in a nice, gentle way that I won't be seeing you anymore. And I and so I thought, okay, well, I can accept that. I've done that to a lot of women. Um, you know, when I feel like it's not the right fit, the chemistry's not there, there's something not right, I let them know. So here's somebody letting me know. And it was a letdown in a way, but I noticed then yesterday when I was during my day, just being alone all day, I started to feel loneliness. I started to feel yeah, you know, I'm going to be fine. I, I know how to attract, you know, I'm going to attract this wonderful partner from my vortex. And it's been a while that I've been playing the game of dating, but I know she's coming and I'm trying to get my vibration right. I'm just allowing my vibration to slowly get to the point where I'll really let in the person that I could live with, that I could really be in a in a long-term relationship with. But for some reason, the loneliness was creeping up on me. So that's when I always, when I pick a topic for these podcasts, I pick something that I always say, what's relevant to me right now? What's really on the leading edge of my learning, yeah, or my growth, or you, my expansion? You and, and me so both. We it. both do it. <laughs> what's that? We, you and me both. We both do it when we're picking up topics. That's I always pick something that's relevant to me. Uh-huh. And so, you know, this loneliness thing, I was really feeling it yesterday. And, you know, some of my friends that are really close to me just took off for Mexico, so I won't be seeing them for a while. And um I don't know, it's a snowy day and I'm inside the house feeling this sense of uh, lack, you know, like where, where's all my friends, you know, right. where's my beautiful lover, where's my partner, you know, uh, where, uh, where's my own appreciation of myself in this moment where I feel aligned, so aligned with my source self that I'm happy, that I just feel happy and I don't care about who's here and who's not here. So it reminded me of this topic of loneliness, which is something that I literally put on my website as a life coach. I put, you know, if you're feeling lonely, I'm your guy. I can help you. Uh, and so, you know, it's saying, well, how do I help myself in the way that I claim I help my clients? And and um, over the last four years, when I've gone through such a life change, going from my dark night of the soul after being divorced and being alone for the first time in 15 years, you know, I'd raised my kids, my kids had left home, then my wife divorced me. And so it's been, I've been alone ever since uh, late 2010 and uh, have done quite well. I went, I went through a period of intense loneliness and so much angst around that back in 2012, 2013, that when I discovered Abraham in the full on way that I did back in 2014, I just, I really understood how to move beyond loneliness, and and I did it really quite wonderfully. And the way that I did it was by realizing that I'm my own best friend, and that that I spend all of my day with me. There's nobody else inside my head. 
except me inside this body. And if I can't be happy with me, if I can't be feeling good, then no one can help me. You know, that I have to create my own sense of companionship. I have to create my own sense of so much self-worth and self-esteem and self-love that I'm good. I'm good to go. And then I realized, also listening to Abraham, they said, you know, you don't know how many eyes are on you constantly. There is so much attention on each of us from source, from the unseen realm. And I, I don't know if that's our ancestors, that's all these different possible unseen entities, you might say, and our higher self that lives in the unseen realm. We're completely resourced. You know, we're, we're resourced constantly with tremendous focus of love and and care that we succeed, that we have an incredible experience here while we're on the planet Earth. And so I just would ride on that. I would ride on that feeling that I'm good to go no matter how alone I am physically. I'm always really never, I'm never really alone. I'm always taken care of by myself and by the unseen realm. That's very true. And the, the, the thing that, uh, when you talked about having all these eyes on you, of course, they aren't actually physical eyes. It's attention is what you're no. talking about. This, the, we're getting yeah. this attention, this, this paying attention from all these non-physical beings. I, I have to admit, there have been times when that made me feel a little bit antsy. Like, you know, <laughs> like there's a barker outside of my tent saying, come see the man who twists himself emotionally into crazy shapes. You'll, you'll have never <laughs> seen anybody like this before. And I'm thinking, oh, God, I'm the guy on the stage. Hold on. I, I'm not sure I like this so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you're right. It is good. All those people watching me. <laughs> it is good when you think about it in terms of the fact that uh, all people on the, the non-physical side look at us from the purely positive view, they only look at the silver linings. They never look at the dark clouds. And when you understand that, then it feels, then you feel empowered because now mm-hmm. it's not like you're going to get picked apart, right? For all of the mistakes you make. It's rather that you're getting, going to get fed energy, positive reinforcement for all of the good things that you're doing, for all of the, 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 the ways that you're feeling good in your life and getting yourself into that good feeling place. They're reinforcing all of that. And so when I thought about that way, then I said, oh, well, that's so much better. I can handle that. Just get rid of the barker. That's all. I don't want the barker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so the realization for me uh, yesterday in looking into this whole topic of loneliness was that it really only does come down to the same thing that every single emotion comes down to. If you look at loneliness as an emotion, um, then it's, well, what's the what's, what are the emotions for? They're, they are, are in internal guidance system and what are they telling us that if we're feeling an emotion that we would label negative then it's simply because our source self our higher self who we really are is not thinking the same thought that we are it's thinking a thought of alignment with our infinite self which is so resourced that there's a lot of good feelings in that place. There's a lot of ease. There's a lot of happiness. There's a lot of joy. There's a lot of reunion, um, companionship, friendship. All that exists in the realm of being resourced. And so if I'm feeling lonely, it's simply my emotional guidance system saying, you got to get back to your alignment. you got to get back in alignment with your higher self. And so... <laughs> The more I, I thought about it, it's just like that's really all it comes down to. 
so in a way it's like oh what a simple it's a simple answer loneliness means misalignment and uh but then the question is well so how do you get how do you get realigned when you're feeling angst about not having friends or not having a a life partner how do you get realigned isn't it interesting though that that we think of uh, loneliness as being alone and it's not that mm-hmm. at all. Loneliness is simply an emotion that's on the negative end of the scale. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not the actual being alone that's that's doing it. It's the emotion. And if mm-hmm. we, if we were to simply shift the emotion, then even though our situation hasn't changed, there's no one else in the room. We still feel differently about it. And and that's the thing to notice. I mean, we we can be in a room alone. And not feel lonely, or we can be in a room alone and feel lonely, which means it isn't the aloneness; it's the feeling. Right, it's the feeling. You could be with—I mean, I'm sure we've all been there. You, you know, I've definitely been there where I'm with a bunch of people, but I feel pretty damn alone. <laughs> yeah, there's um, that too, right? <laughs> you know, and I can even be—it was really funny because Friday night I decided that I felt a little bit alone, and I went to. Um, I mean, it's exact second I was feeling that I, I actually chose to be alone and I went for a hike in the mountains because it was, it was 70 degrees on Friday and it was so beautiful and I, I had to go for a hike, which is unheard of in January in Colorado. You don't go for hikes in the mountains in, um, 70 degrees in January. But since the weather's changing, I thought I'm going to go and I'm going to enjoy it. Why not? Take advantage. Yeah. And I thought of, of, you know, well, I really should be with my, I would, really like kind of to see my friend because I was feeling a little lonely. And so my friend lives right up there where I was hiking. So I thought I could just call him. And if he's home, he'd probably want to go hiking with me. We go hiking all the time. But I said, no, you know, I want to be alone. I want to actually just be with the trees and the mountains because it's such a good feeling inside myself when I'm alone up there. I, I just get so turned on by the beauty of it all that I won't, I won't contact my friend, but, but I wanted to, I wanted to be with somebody, but, but I didn't, you know, so I chose the alone. Well, it turned out that when I got back to my car, my friend had called me exactly at the beginning of my hike and said, you want to go for a hike? Uh-huh. But I didn't have my phone. I didn't have my phone with me. And so I called him back and said, you still want to go for a hike? And I just completed an hour hike. And he said, yeah, let's go for a hike. So I went over to his house and, and, and uh, we took off hiking and I found out then that when I was with him, that it didn't help my aloneness because the conversation that we ended up having was not about, you know, about me. It wasn't about anything that had to do with, with nurturing me. It was, it was a particular thing he was dealing with. And so it was nurturing for him to have the conversation that we had, but not for me. And so it was an example. I literally said to myself, here I am. I'm now I'm with him and I feel lonely. Because, you know, and of course, then I had to find a way to to just get in alignment with myself, which I did. Yeah, but but very good example, because loneliness doesn't have anything to do with whether there's somebody else in the room. (laughs) That's really really doesn't. It's really funny, but it really doesn't. Yeah. And everything comes down to that, doesn't it? I mean, it's like you could put on your favorite music and go for your walk with your headphones on and feel lonely, you know, because you at that moment, you're not feeling that alignment. Even though the music is exactly what you want to hear, 
Although you say your music usually picks you up, you know. Well, I'm very selective. But I put on I put on music sometimes, and it doesn't get me to where I want it to get me to. My my music list is a very selective list. I mean, I exclude a lot of stuff from my list that I know doesn't give me a lift. I only put on my list songs that that have consistently lifted me up. So that even if I'm in a really bad place when I'm listening, and and that has happened. In fact, I'll often go to it as my way to climb out. Right. Even when I'm yep. in that bad place and I listen, maybe for the first half hour, nothing happens. I feel like I'm just mm-hmm. exactly where I was. But eventually, uh-huh. eventually, just kind of, it's like erosion. It just keeps wearing away at that negative place I'm in. And finally, there's a little breakthrough, and I say, wow, where did that come from? <laughs> it just kind of came out of nowhere. Well, it didn't come out of nowhere, but it, it seemed to, right? And, and yeah. that's the power of having a really well-selected, positive music list and and what i would recommend to anyone who's trying to create a list like that is go through and create a list of all the songs you like play them put them into a playlist and play them and then after you've Mm -hmm. played them go through and say okay how did i feel about that one how did i feel about this how did i feel about this one (laughs) and then start pulling them out calling them you actually have to call them out and and, and get rid of the ones that aren't doing a good job and then you do that two or three times and what you end up with is a real hardcore list of stuff that makes you feel great most of the time and and when you have Mm -hmm. that it almost doesn't matter i mean you could be really depressed i suppose and not be able to to pull out with it but most of the time it's going to pull you out that's so great um that's that's um, what one thing when I listened to Abraham about loneliness that they said, um, if if you're still feeling some loneliness, that's okay. It just means that you're still working the kinks out of right. your steady align your steady alignment thing. Exactly. So in a sense, like what you're doing when you call your call your playlist and only put the word the songs that truly stimulate you in the way you want to be aligned, then what you're doing is you're taking the kinks out of your playlist. And in a way, I realized when I read that statement that you're, you know, it's okay. You're just still working the kinks out. You still, you still get lonely sometimes, but that's all right. As long as you, as long as we understand it's about our alignment and we can get better at it. And I think that's the key, certainly the key in all my coaching and in my own life is, well, I'm just, I'm working the kinks out of this thing about relationship, for example. Like, you know, if I if I go out with somebody and she's she turns around saying I'm not the one for her, or I turn around and say to her she's not the one for me, and yet I really want a relationship, well, I, I just back off and I go, well, relax. I'm just still working the kinks out of it. Now, if that goes on for 10 years, then that's something off in my vibration. But But if, you know, if I'm just getting better all the time at, getting the kinks out, then eventually when loneliness, for example, shows up on a Sunday afternoon, you know, I will know, I'll know what to do to get the kinks out. And that's exactly what I did because I started to listen to a bunch of Abraham segments on YouTube about loneliness and it really took the kinks out of it. By the way, that's that's a great technique you use when you, when you went to YouTube and, and, searched on loneliness to see what, uh, or Abraham loneliness or something like that, so you can find out what Abraham had to say about loneliness. Because you can actually do that with anything, and I'm sure you do that yeah. with everything. 
Well, take advantage. I recommend of it. it to my clients all the time. You yeah, know? I put myself out of a job because I always say, "Look, you just go to go to YouTube and search on Abraham." You know. Yeah, I hear you. But then you know they they do also like to have somebody to talk to about these things and and someone who is doing it in a practical way day in and day out. Right. Um, work, working on getting the kinks out of their own vibration. But I read this really cool thing that Abraham said um, or heard this thing where they said, "When lonely comes." Um, find the feelings of having the relationship or relationships that you want, you know, so that's, that's one way to deal with it is you, is as we deal with anything that we're not, you know, where we feel a lack, as we talked about in our last podcast was, which is about how do you change, how do you deactivate a feeling of lack and, and create a feeling of abundance? Well, how do you deactivate a feeling of loneliness and create a feeling of companionship, you know, and, and so they said, well, start thinking of all the feelings that you have when you're in relationship in the way that you like to be in relationship or when you when you don't feel lonely. You know, what, what are the feelings you're having? Um, so feelings of, of, of freedom, feelings of um, good conversation, feelings of companionship, feelings of uh, that you're you feel well-being, you know, um, you feel you feel completeness, you feel eagerness, you feel joy, happiness, peace, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what, what do we do when we're alone and we're not having the thing that we want in our life, you know. Um, we've got to generate it, right, in a sense. We've got to relax and find the feelings. Well, like and you said. That's a, that's a skill, right? It is, oh, it is. And, and like you said, you want to try to reach for that, that opposite feeling, the feeling of what it's like to feel good in a relationship and so forth. Now, of course, if, uh -huh. if we're in a place where we're really deeply lonely, I mean, lonely isn't just one spot on the negative scale. It, it, it can be really deep or it can be really shallow. It, it depends on the individual. Yeah. But, you know, if you've been yeah. in there for a long period of time, it can be pretty, it can be pre pretty close to depression. And if it's that oh, far yeah. away, then it might be hard to imagine and remember what it's like to have, you know, what are the good feelings associated with being in a relationship? So, I mean, mm -hmm. if you're in that kind of place, then you have to kind of reach for anything that feels good. You're, you're, at this point, it's just climb the scale. Don't worry so well, much about true. relationship. It's just climb the scale. Anything you have to do to climb the scale is really the bottom line anyway. Um, I mean, I mm -hmm. like the idea of, of reaching for what, you know, what, what a good relationship feels like. That's a great thing to do. I'm just saying if you're in a place where you're not able to reach that, then just reach for anything that feels good. I mean, if taking a walk feels good, take a walk. I mean, if if just laughing out loud feels good, laugh out loud. Whatever it is, I don't care. Just get yourself to feel better, and eventually you'll be able to reach for that place where now I can remember what a good relationship felt like. Oh, now I can put myself in that space. Oh, now I can remember how good it feels to be talking with somebody and sharing ideas and, and you know, sharing experiences and laughing at stuff that happens and all that kind of thing. So, you know, you mm -hmm. do whatever it takes to get yourself there, right? Yeah. So is that the main thing you do? Do do you ever go through feelings of loneliness? But you're 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 there with your wife, and so I would imagine you don't feel too lonely most of the time. I, I um, haven't experienced it since my wife and I met, but I experienced it a lot before we met. Because my wife and uh -huh. I met and married. We married when I was forty-two, so I had okay. a lot of years of being alone. And during those years of being alone, I mean, I was alone. I I didn't have a, a relationship that lasted more than a month during that entire time mm -hmm. period. And I, I had really reached a point in my life where I thought I never would. I'm mean, I was just convinced, uh -huh. like, okay, well, I guess I'm just one of those poor guys who's just doomed to be single forever because, I mean, nothing ever seemed to work. 
And then finally mm-hmm. I met her, and it was like a, it was an enlightenment. Enlightenment. It was like this this door opened that had never opened before. And since then, no, lonely. No, I'm not lonely with my wife. My wife and I get along great. We have a wonderful time together. We have a good relationship. I mean, we have our ups and downs like anybody else, but you know, it's yeah. it's good. It's really really good. But I do remember what that feeling is. That feeling can be overwhelmingly bad, and that's why I wanted to mention. Right, that. So you you must have used you probably used to do a lot of things to soothe yourself and to get back into alignment with, well, with I, who you really are. I did it. I mean, you survived, you survived it anyway. Oh yeah, sure. I survived it. I, I did it unintentionally in the sense that I didn't do it with deliberate understanding of how the law of attraction works. I did it blindly. I you know, I was like, flat, you know, thrash out, just try to find something, <laughs> anything, just something that'll feel better, you know, <laughs> just because I needed to yeah. feel better. Not because I had any plan in mind or anything like that. Not because I thought it was yeah. going to improve my ability to attract. It wasn't anything like that. It's just I need to feel better. <laughs> it was just that simple. Yeah. yeah. And people are doing it constantly. I mean, oh, yeah. whether they know about law of attraction or not, they're they're finding a way to feel good and they're finding a way to get into alignment. Um, but sometimes there's a dependency on on others, either oh, your yeah. partner or or a group of people or friends or family that we depend on Um to such a degree that we're not necessarily discovering what it feels like to be aligned on our own where we're we're the ones who understand how to create that within our own bodies, you know, within our own minds, that sense of, um, you know, of being fulfilled, of being aligned. There's also something else that happens. I, I actually was thinking about this earlier today before we started the podcast, before we connected mm-hmm. this morning. And I wanted to run it by you to see what you think about it. I'm going to call it the butterscotch effect, okay? The butterscotch mm. effect is a description of what it's like when you, your your emotions feel like they're kind of stuck in butterscotch. And you know how when butterscotch mm. melts, it, 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 it kind of flows very slowly and it gets on your fingers and it's sticky. Oh, and I'm getting know. really hungry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wasn't my intention, but you're right. <laughs> I haven't had butterscotch in so long, and I used to love butterscotch. Man, that is so good. So, yeah, you're having a – this is not seeming like a difficult situation, but go ahead. So you're – you're stuck in You're it. just ruining my example. You know that, don't you? No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know. I, 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 took, I stole the show. Oh, that's all right. But Go no. for it, Walt. No. Go for it. So no. you're stuck in butterscotch. The, the point is that it can feel like when you're, when you're first learning how the law of attraction works, and that's where I was at one point trying to climb out of depression, and when you're in that, that place, it feels like – I, I felt like I couldn't even move my own emotions. I, the idea of moving my own emotions oh, yeah. seemed impossible, and I think I've told you about that. Well, eventually I learned how to move them, but even then, it, it still sometimes feels like the emotions are are kind of stuck in butterscotch, like they move oh so slowly, yeah. and everything that you do just takes so long to get there, and there's so much effort to change the emotional set point and so forth, as opposed to perhaps melted butter where it just kind of flows, right? And it's just so yeah. easy to move the set point. And I'm wondering, first of all, I presume you've, you've experienced that, but the butterscotch version of moving your emotional set point, the butterscotch version where it just feels like everything moves so slowly, that seems to happen most often when we're in the negative space, right? Yeah. So my question yeah. to you is, when you're feeling butterscotch as opposed to butter, <laughs> how do you get it going uh-huh. from butterscotch to butter? <laughs> well, um, 
that's one of the times you know you know what worked so good for so long for me and it and it still works when i when i really mm, focus on it is is the thing i said in the early part of this podcast which was i i i did a lot of just reminding myself that if i can't love myself then then where am i going to ever find love true and that i've actually worked with clients with that and and definitely it's helped me a lot because i I would just lay there in bed a lot of times feeling totally stuck in butterscotch and I would just say to myself, this is this is where the buck has to stop, Tom. The buck has to stop with you loving yourself. So you gotta you gotta be that one who caresses yourself, who takes care of yourself, who who gives yourself the benefit of the doubt here. You've got to be the one who says, Okay, I love myself and I'm I'm worth it, dang it. Mm, <laughs> like Jack yes. Handy used to say on right. Saturday Night Live. Um, you know, it's like I'm I am my own best friend. And not only that, then I would add to that the fact that if I'm not if I'm not being connect if I'm not connected to this infinite realm, then I'm kidding myself, basically. Mm. Then then I'm just actually putting there's just some kind of resistance there that I that I can let go of. And then I would look at how can I relax and trust and know that all of this unseen realm is there for me trying to give me all the help that I claim that I want. And so I might ask stronger, but mainly it was how can I be receptive? How can I let in all the help that's there? How can I let in the love of myself? Those are things I've used a lot, and they're, they can be very effective. And in lieu of that, it's it is to do something like go ahead and start searching online for Abraham videos about loneliness and and audios. Start listening until something clicks. Because exactly. I mean that's what happened yesterday. But I I probably listened to five of them, and finally, just by putting it all together, I, I started to write down a lot of the things, a lot of the notes from what they were saying, and it just was clicking, clicking, clicking. And finally, it was when I just said to myself. This is just another one of those things that, of course, it's about alignment. Of mm. course, it's about going general, right. finding ways to feel good. One thing I tell clients a lot, you know, I said, you know, have you ever checked out meetup meet groups? And they said, a lot of them say, no, what, what's a meetup group? And, you know, I, it's funny to think that people wouldn't know about meetup groups, but a lot of people don't or they haven't done it, you know. And I said, well, you can go, you can go and Google, you know, any type of interest you have, and there's probably a meetup group in the greater metropolitan area. If you live in a pretty big area, there's going to be a meetup group of a bunch of people getting together to talk about that or to do activities, you know, whether it's hiking or it's mountain biking or it's uh, dancing or it's playing chess, you know. I mean, something that you love, sewing, you know, like <laughs> singing there's groups for everything guitar this is true. and so you want to be with you want to be not lonely um so much then you know get yourself to get out of your apartment get out of your house and go spend some time and see if you can allow yourself to open up to the fact that there's people just like you who are looking for friendship they're looking for companionship yeah, so that's exactly. another thing you can do. And yeah. that's a very practical one because that's right up the alley of getting unlonely, you know, getting getting resourced again with friendships. And um, it's amazing how many 
people there are all over the place if we will just get get up and get out of the easy chair of feeling sorry for ourselves and feeling bad that we're stuck in butterscotch. You know, we just got to say, I got to make a move out of butterscotch. Where can I go? What can I do? And it's interesting how we, we do look for things, and it's good to do. It's good to look for things outside of ourselves in order to get ourselves out of that butterscotch mode. And, and yeah. that's certainly, and there are a lot of ways to do it. You described a really, a lot of really great ones, especially through meetups and so forth. Um, the one thing that I do want to remind people though, and remind, I remind myself of this practically every day, is that ultimately it isn't the actions that I'm looking for. It's looking right. to turn my butterscotch into butter. It's looking right. to turn my butterscotch movement or my butterscotch feeling into a butter feeling where everything's just flowing. So that's my goal. That's why I take the actions. That's why I go to the meetups or that's why I go to join the groups or that's why I go to talk to somebody or that's why I do this or that's why I do that. It's always toward a view of turning the butterscotch movement into a butter movement. Yeah, because if you go to the meeting, to the meetups, you could go to 10 meetups a week and still feel stuck in butterscotch if you haven't done the inner work. That's right. So clearly that's, if you were to ask Abraham at any time, day or night, if you were in the chair in front of Abraham, they're never going to tell you to go to meetup groups. Right. Well, maybe they'll say, there may be, no, maybe they'll say, look, you can do things. You can get up out of your depression and move out of your, get out of your house. You know, they do say things like that. I sure. mean, that's what it is to even go sit and meditate. You're, yeah. you're going to do something that is a change of pace. And it's, and I mean, you can meditate when you're feeling incredibly lonely. And not get out of loneliness. I've been there. I've, right. I've tried to meditate my way out of practically every situation in my life and found that I, that sometimes I can't. I just, you know, I, just because I go and meditate doesn't mean I get to the place I want to get to, but I often do. Mm-hmm. And therefore it becomes another way of going general, you could say. And other, on the other hand, Abraham also at other times points out that, like we're talking about here, if you just take an action just for the sake of taking the action, you're still taking yourself with you. So if you haven't changed your vibration, if you have, if you're still stuck in the butterscotch mode and you go take the action and you're not worried about the butterscotch mode, you're just more concerned with taking the action and you just don't even think about the butterscotch, you're still stuck in butterscotch. <laughs> it's still there. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and maybe not. I mean, if I think the key I heard in what you said there was if you, if you actually stop thinking about the butterscotch, <laughs> that's going to get you out of well, it. Well, that's true. You're right. But right? I mean, yeah, yes. I, I, I mean, if you actually are able to go. What, what I meant, you're right. What I meant to say is, when you when yeah. you stop uh, focusing on the idea of shifting from butterscotch to butter, you're right. I didn't phrase that correctly. Yeah. But yeah. yes, that's the key thing. You have to be focused on getting to that point of getting to to that improvement level, because it's always about mm-hmm. improving that emotional set point and, and doing it easily, and that's really the goal. So, so that's why I was saying if you're going to do the action and you're not being mindful about that, you might improve it, but then again, you might not. You may just end up, you know, being right back where you started because you weren't actually trying to improve your emotional set point. You were just going out and doing something. Yeah. And I think the key here that we're getting to is, uh, is, is the what's going on in your thought process. Exactly. Because clearly, if you're, if you're going out to meetup groups and you still come back and complain to your life coach, or to your wife or something about how you how you still feel really really bad you still feel lonely or you you complain to your friend let's say you're not married and you're totally living alone and you went to three meetups this week and and you still have the exact same attitude 
by Friday, you know, that, yeah, I went and uh, I don't know, I still feel like I, I just feel so lonely and I so much need to find a partner in my life. And I've been trying for eight years and I feel so bad and God, you know, it's understandable, but look, you're, there's something going on in your thought process that's throwing a monkey wrench in the possibilities because it's not supposed to take eight years for you to manifest a partner. Yeah. You know, what we're, what we're really saying is congruence. Some, there has to be congruence between the two. If you're if you're moving congruently so that your actions and your internal dialogue are working together, then you're on the right track, and right. that's really what you're looking for. Right. You want that congruence. If you don't have that congruence, then you need to get back into congruence. And, and I realized this morning before we were going to have this discussion about loneliness that it would it would really the essence of the discussion in my mind is okay. So you're feeling bad. You're having I don't I guess it could be any bad emotion really. It's like and you know the answer is that your source self doesn't see it that way, that your source self is completely in alignment, then the only question becomes, well, how do I get in alignment as quickly as possible? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what do I do to get in alignment? And so, you know, sometimes it is, I believe, recognizing, and, and it's really key to it for me, is recognizing the thought process. And I work with clients with this all the time. What's the thought process you're doing with yourself that's keeping you in that loop where you don't let yourself stop feeling lonely. You know, what, what, what is keeping you in that loop? What are you telling yourself, basically? What's the old message you're giving yourself that's telling you, you know, um, it's hard for me to have the relationships I want. It's, it's, I'm, I'm on my own. It's like you. I mean, after all those years before you found your wife, you were probably clearly telling yourself things in your thinking that was keeping you in that loop of loneliness, Oh, right? definitely. No doubt about it. And, and it, was, uh, it was a negative vortex in the sense that I would experience something negative, so I'd put more negative out and I'd get more negative in. And so I'd put more negative out and get more negative in. Not noticing the pattern, of course, other than to say there's a pattern, but not noticing that I mm -hmm. was causing it. You know, I, I, I thought mm -hmm. it, was just, it was just happening to me. I didn't think that I was doing it through my thought process. It wasn't until I came to the realization after learning about the law of attraction that I was causing the thought process. Well, first, I practically had a stroke. But second, I said, well, yeah. what the hell? I got to do something. What the hell do you do about this? You know? yeah. yeah. And it's very, it's very, it can be very painful, I think, for, for me and for other people. I've known my clients when they're, they feel, we feel stuck. You know, you feel, you feel like, you know, I don't know how to get in alignment. I don't know how to find happiness. And that's why in this call, we're trying to talk about some of the things you can do. I mean, Abraham said one of the best things to do is to go go to sleep, <laughs> take a nap. Yeah, uh, you know, that's true. And, uh, and when you wake up, see how you feel when you wake up. Or you feel better, and you usually do. Uh, at least you, you, can, you can grab a hold of that. And then, you know, you feel, okay, now I feel like I'm going to go out and trim the bushes or now I feel like I'm going to go to town and I'm going to get my food and I'm going to, you know, whatever you, you feel inspired to do when you wake up from your nap, get some momentum going in the direction of feeling better, feeling better, feeling better. And so it's always like when any negative feeling comes, how do you find the feeling of what you would rather be feeling. Are, and that's where we become skillful at using our thought energy instead of focusing on what is. That's the whole key. Like, are you focusing on what is, which is I feel depressed and lonely, 
or are you focusing on what could be? What's the possibility? Can you? How can you get your thoughts onto what's the possibilities of feeling what I would like to feel, the friendships, the companionship, the ease, the warmth, the, the sense of being at home, the sense of being at peace, the sense of being in love, the sense of being happy. So, you know, how can you conjure those feelings when the external what is is not validating it? It's not saying, oh, there is your beautiful wife. She's right there in the room with you. Or, yeah, here are your eight friends and you're all getting together and going out to eat together and you can relax and be happy. And when that's not happening, how do you conjure up those feelings? Right, but that's what we got to get good at. It's the feelings that count. It's the feelings that we're really going for. Because when you're when you're working on the feelings and the feelings are getting better, then you're actually gaining the alignment that we talk about a lot. That vibrational alignment. And when you get that, then all things are possible. Um, I'm reminded of a an exchange I had on Facebook again before we did the podcast this morning. A woman had a young woman had posted about how. She had tried to manifest, I can't remember what it was. I think it was getting back to her boyfriend and getting into medical school or something along that line. And uh, she had set a time limit and the time limit had expired and the stuff hadn't arrived. So, you know, she was feeling depressed about what can she do? Should, you know, did she do it wrong? You know, all that kind of stuff. And as I was reading what she wrote, I realized that it was another, yet another case of confusing the action of external action with the actions internally of, of moving your own set point and, and accepting responsibility for your own emotions and exp- accepting responsibility for how you feel and what you choose to focus on and all that kind of thing. And, and so we had this long extended discussion in which I basically said to her, you know, it isn't the time limit. It isn't the action. I mean, those are all good. They're great tools to use. The important thing mm-hmm. is what are you doing inside? What's your internal dialogue all about? And and she even mm-hmm. laid it out at one point. She said something like, uh, well, when she had set the time limit, she fr- at first felt um, excited about it, but she also felt doubtful. And I said, do you see the contradiction in there? You just contradicted yourself. And she hadn't seen it. That's the thing. We, yeah. There are so many of these things that we need to focus on because we don't notice them at first. And we, have to pay, yeah. we have to be really vigilant and start paying attention to what are the signals we're giving off ourselves. They're actually there. We just have to be willing to pay attention to them. And once we notice them, when she noticed, for instance, because I pointed it out to her, that she was on the one hand saying the time limit feels great, and on the other hand it makes me feel doubtful, well, then I'm setting myself up for a negative experience. So clearly in that case, setting a time limit probably wasn't my best bet. Whereas if it had been a situation where she felt good about it and she stayed feeling good about it, well, then setting a time limit was a great idea. It helped accelerate the whole thing, helped her get excited about it. So it isn't the time limit, it's the way we choose to feel. It's the response that we choose to give that has the emotional context with it. That's what we need to figure out is what's really going on. What what are we actually responding with and where do we need to change it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one thing that Abraham was saying is that any feeling of being lost or alone goes away in the moment you find something that connects you with source and then the next idea comes and the next idea comes and the next idea comes. So a lot of sense it comes down to that 17 second or now they say it's less, less than 17 seconds. I was this woman I oh, was really? with on my date the other day said, she said they're, they're now talking about it takes two seconds to, to get to the next best feeling thought. So you get into a good feeling thought and then it's, 
and then it develops a momentum. So that's the, that's the trick, I think, is to become good at being a person who can, first of all, recognize the second we're starting to go into a thinking process of different thoughts that are taking us in the wrong direction, when our vibration is is becoming a vibration that's going to attract more of the negative thing that we don't want, that first of all we recognize it, then we're willing to change it. We don't we don't want to stay in that comfort zone of that negative place. And then we say, okay, what's a better feeling thought? And then we get good at developing that better feeling thought and then it'll lead to another and another and another. And I find it it's it's a lot of um people have to be willing to be happy. <laughs> you know, be they have to really, you know, be willing to get on a roll with happiness and stay with it. And then to develop that muscle of saying, I no longer want to be a person who goes into depression, who goes into loneliness, who goes into feeling lost and sad. I want to be a person who, when those feelings come, I recognize how I created it and I take a step out of it. Or even if I don't see how I created it, I recognize I don't want to be in this place. And they're developing all these different ways that they take themselves back closer and closer to a place of feeling better. And it doesn't have to be that you feel better all the time. You just have to tip that fulcrum. You know, like to, you might still feel lonely sometimes. You might still feel sad sometimes. But you can start having more of the time you're feeling happy, more of the time you're aligning with your source self that does feel good, that does feel resourced, and then those more momentum will develop. Uh, increased uh, momentum. It's funny too. You, you you mentioned something there that kind of tied into my my butterscotch theory because you talked about, and this is something we all all tend to go for. We tend to try to reach for well, can I be consistently in that you know relatively happy space that's always happy all the time? And I began to realize that that's more butterscotch. What we really need is to be up in the range where we're moving around in the range up there, and it's it's, it's high, it's low, it's you know not low, but it, but it's a higher positive, it's not so high positive, and we're shifting around and we're moving because that means things are happening and we're engaged and we're doing stuff. When we're whereas if we're trying to aim for something that's just level and flat, now we're falling into butterscotch mode again. You see what I mean? Hmm. So explain that a little more. You're aiming if you're aiming for something level and flat, you mean like just being okay? Well, even if it's uh, contentment or, you know, one of the positive uh, uh, marks on the the 22-point scale that they came up with, right? Uh, They they identified a possible 22-point scale. They didn't say that was the final word. They said that's not the final word because it's it's different for every person. But hypothetically, if you just pick this as the the 22-point scale, you know, somewhere in the middle of it was like optimism, right, Uh, in the middle of the positive range. So let's say you were staying at optimism at all times. Well, if you stay at optimism all the times, you're in butterscotch mode. You're, you're just staying there. You're not shifting. There, there's no variation going on. There's no contrasting going on. It's just becoming very steady. And the problem with that mm-hmm. is that can very easily start slipping into the negative realm because you're uh-huh. trying to keep it the same. You're trying to keep the sameness going. Whereas what we really mm-hmm. want to do is we want to be experiencing the whole range of feelings in the positive mode. So we're in fluid butter mode and stuff starts to flow better. If it's flowing mm-hmm. better, then you don't worry about whether or not you're always at optimism. Notice the word worry. Mm-hmm. The worry starts to go away. Now it's like, oh, well, I can fly up to joy and I can come back to optimism and I can go over here to, to um, you know, happiness and I can come over here to hopefulness. I can just move fluidly through all that anytime I want to. Now that's when we're in the, our, our best creative space. Right. And that, 
brings it back to why so often I think Abraham said that it all comes back to confidence and worthiness, that if you feel confident and worthy of having those higher emotions, of having ecstasy, of having a lot of joy in your life, of having a lot of exhilaration and eagerness and enthusiasm and, you know, those wonderful positive feelings, I, I, I run into a lot of people who I feel like they don't really believe that they're capable of having those feelings. You know, um, there's a place where I go dancing a lot on Sunday mornings, and and I notice when whenever the, the person who's conducting the dance, she's on a microphone constantly. It's called Five Rhythms Dance, and it's, it's freestyle conscious dancing, it's called, where you do your own thing on the dance floor. And there'll be two or 300 people there. And, um, and whenever she says... Um, Engage, you know, as you're walking around and dancing, she says, engage, engage in the, uh, an eye contact with other people. She'll suggest it maybe twice in the whole hour and a half of dancing. She'll suggest that. And she hardly ever suggests it. But I notice that when she does, I would say 90% of the people can't look at my eyes or they won't. Yeah. And, and I feel like I'm in this place often of so much ecstasy and I feel so high and so fantastic dancing and with all these people. And I always wonder, I said, is it, am I weird or the, why don't people want to engage? And I, I, and really my bottom line belief is that they don't know how, how that they can feel. They won't give themselves permission to feel as good as they could really feel. Mm -hmm. They feel threatened, you know, and, and I don't think they're just threatened by the eye contact with another human being. I think they're threatened by what it would be like. It, just to open up so much that you're just friggin' happy. Because I notice the people that do that, that are really open, they're also people who seem to dance really freely. They, they're just happy people. You know, and maybe it's a different of extroversion and introversion. But anyway, it, 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 I'm, I'm saying that story to point out the fact that isn't it maybe difficult for some of us because of the lives we've led to accept the fact that we could live on the upper end of the emotional scale, you know, and we, we settle for just staying in that steady place, which then can easily dip into negativity because we don't believe that those positive emotions that we're worthy of having them, that it, that that's okay for us to live in that realm of so much joy. Do you yeah, feel that? Yeah, I would say so. And I, I would say it even goes further than that. Um, because mm-hmm. certainly we do, we can't easily get to the point where we don't really believe that we're, we're deserving, so to speak. Um, I also think that there is a, I'll call it a comfort level. I, I don't mean that in the purely positive sense. I mean more of a negative sense. There's a comfort level in feeling like we're not responsible. And I'm not saying that's a good thing. It's not a good thing. It's, we are always responsible, and we're actually better off when we're cognizant of it. But let's be honest. It, it's easier to just kind of slip into the old slippers that we're used to slipping into all the time. doesn't matter if we were lonely and depressed there. It's easier, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, so when it's, it's easier, it, it's, we, it's just, familiar, right? It's familiar, yeah. It's, it kind of sucks us back. So in a sense, what we're really trying to learn to do, when we take learn to take responsibility for our own actions and our own emotions, more particularly our emotions and, and what we're feeling and, and how we're going to uh, feel and, and, and choose to control our feelings by, not not by controlling them, by manipulating them, but rather by reaching for the higher feeling stuff. When we're doing that, that takes a little bit more work. And so we have to kind of recognize, okay, it's going to take a little work for a while. It doesn't take 
work forever. Once you get from butterscotch to butter mode and everything starts to flow, there's no work involved. It's just go with it. It's just fun. But getting there, yeah, it can take a little work to get there. Well, so we do a little work. And doing a work is good. You know, that that's doing the work shows that we're actually committed to getting into a better place. Whereas giving in saying, well, I just don't want to have to do that. That's basically yeah. saying, okay, I, I wanted to be depressed. I want to feel bad. don't want to feel lonely. I don't want to have a mate. I don't want to be successful. I'd just rather feel what's familiar. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of us grew up in families um, or, you know, the way we were at school, you know, where we just thought we had to put, as the old saying from my mother's generation was, you put a bushel basket over your light. You know, you you, you had to limit your enthusiasm for life from what you had when you maybe were a smaller child. Uh, hopefully you had that then. But, you know, mm. some people are born into families that, where they feel oppressed from a very, very early age, you know, by their mother's depression or their father's anger or, you know, abuse. Um, you know, so many different things that happen to each of us as individuals that, you know, living in the realm of the, the upper emotions of the upper emotional scale um, is not something that they've ever experienced, you know, and so it's, they're not that familiar with, and and it could seem threatening, like you say, to not be in that comfort zone of what it felt like in their family of origin, where everybody was always angry with everybody else, or, you know, if second anybody experienced enthusiasm, expressed enthusiasm, they were, they were nailed, you know, for something they didn't, you know, you didn't, you know, cut the lawn, you, or, you know, they, they got yelled at or something. Yeah, so, sure. I think I think it's it's um it's recognizing the fact that it's a an adventure when you're here on the earth it's the adventure of learning to play in the realms of the positive emotions that is a a wonderful adventure you know and that go on that adventure even if you've never lived in those realms go see what it's like to find bliss to find great inner peace, to find great joy, to find great companionship. You know, I'm using the same adjectives over and over again. But but they're good ones. <laughs> well, you know, there's a lot more, um, you know, like of just, you know, the, just the fun of discovery, the fun, playfulness, um, you know, that you're in the right time, in the right place, you're with the right people, you're, you're feeling synergy, you're, you're feeling ease, you're feeling flow. I mean, it, it, we... We have to name these things if we're not used to these things. We've mm-hmm. got to right. say, I want these things. I want I want that to happen for me. And then all of a sudden we start getting excited about, I'm going to go, like when I went and joined the comedy improv group, local comedy improv group here, that's what I was doing. I was taking a step, a bold step for me to say that I'm going to go hang out with 12 people, you know, um, every week and and totally step out on a stage not knowing what I'm going to say and I'm going to completely wing it and all for the sake of being playful and having fun. Boy, are you crazy or what? (laughs) What's that? I was just teasing you. I said, boy, are you crazy or what? (laughs) Yeah, but it put a real mirror to me about how how good was I at having fun? How playful do I really feel inside? Because it showed me, wow, there's there's a stodgy guy inside me. You know, there's also this guy who feels... It ain't easy to have fun, my friend. You know, it's like uh, it's a and, funny thing. Um, it's and a sometimes re- I bring that character on the stage, but 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 boy, when I started just relaxing, relaxing, and playing with these other people and the ones who knew how to play, 
um, it would be interesting. The scenes that could develop could be so much more interesting than the ones where the two people on stage both felt really limited in their ability to have fun. It's really true. And it all it all came down to that. Comedy improv is about having fun. Absolutely. You well, know? life is about having fun, really, when you come down to it. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the whole purpose for being here is to have fun, to enjoy it, to to just experience as much joy and happiness and love and laughter and so forth as we can experience in, in one lifetime and just keep, you know, building it and building it and building it. It's an interesting thing. We use actions, often correctly, to try to get our emotional set point moved up the scale to get to start feeling better and yeah. we also hope to experience positive actions of various kinds after we feel that way it, we do it both ways and, and and both are perfectly valid you have to have both the purpose is though to get our emotional set point up to, to get us up to a yeah. better place to get us feeling better and so yeah. that's why I think Abraham really tries to emphasize you want to make sure that you put yourself in vibrational alignment before you try to do anything. In other words, visualize yeah. it first, get yourself feeling good first, and then do it. And it's mm -hmm. the order that matters. That order makes a great deal of difference. I try, I've been trying to learn how every single day I want to take every moment of the day. So if I'm going to sit down and do a little work on my computer before I sit down, I want to feel better. Okay, I feel a little bit better now. Now I can sit down and work on my computer. Okay, now I gotta go do the dishes. Before I do the dishes, I gotta feel a little bit better. What can I do to feel better? Okay, I do my thing. I feel a little bit better. Now I can do the dishes. Okay, the next thing I have to do mm -hmm. is I, I have to go, you know, feed the cat. Okay, before I feed the cat, I gotta get myself feeling a little bit better. You know, using that same methodology over and over again. That's my goal. That's, that's what I'm trying to do every single day. And I'm not great at it yet, but I'm getting better. Mm -hmm. Just the fact that I'm even trying to do it is better. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. that's yeah. where I'm trying to go. No, I, uh, yeah, alignment comes first. Alignment trumps everything. And, and, uh, you know, one thing they were, I was listening to them say yesterday is that non-physical reality, which is alignment with source, is the dominant vibration. And the physical follows, you know. So like you say, when you get aligned and then you go to the dishes or you get aligned and then you pull out into traffic, you know, um, you get aligned and then you go shopping, it's different than I'm going to go shopping and see if I can feel better. You know, um, I'm going right. to pull out into traffic, even though I feel um, completely in my mind right now. You know, it's like, exactly. mm, be careful, you know, yeah, you pull yeah. out into traffic and you're thinking about your problems. You know, that's when people get hit, you know, so that's right. So be careful, you know, get aligned. Um, and and that's and that's where, you know, we we have to become good at imagining the realities that we want. We, we have to become imaginal beings. A lot more than we are, I think. Imaginal beings, um, I like that phrase. Um, we got only about a minute and a half left, and I want to make sure I get the message in. If you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, please do so. You've heard me explain it over and over again. I won't do the whole thing, but uh, the main thing is subscribe and tell your friends about it too, because we want to be able to pass along to them the opportunity that you know, that comes from from listening to a, a podcast that makes you feel better every day. Because listen to it right now. You, you you've been listening for a while. You know you feel better. Well, your friends are going to feel better too. They want that. We all want to feel better. Even if we don't understand what, you know, how it works in terms of the law of attraction, we still want to feel better. So that's why we're urging you, please pass it along to your friends. Your friends are going to feel better. They're going to love you for it. They're going to love the fact that you shared it with them. And, and it just makes for a better world all the way around. So I just want to make sure we get that in before we're done. And Tom, for somebody who needs a little more personal help, because you mentioned that people sometimes need to talk to somebody. How can they reach out to you? Because that's what you do for a living. Yeah, I have a website called You Are Joy, 
Y-O-U-A-R-E-J-O-Y.com. And they can go on there and schedule a free coaching session with me. And then after we do that session, you can decide if you want to do more. Or if that session's enough, then that's enough. Very good. Well, we have enough for today. We'll have to do it again on Friday. But, Tom, it's been a great, great, great session. Yeah, it has. Thanks a lot, Walt. And have a, have a great week, everyone. Yep, you do the same. And we'll see you all later on today and even for the rest of the week here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.